Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 279 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and I am here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So on the one hand, it feels like we've been talking about back to school and fall schooling like all the time lately. But I think that's maybe just my perception. I'm living it right now. But that's what we're talking about today. Well, and also we've been talking about it in these broad strokes, kind of theoretical ways, like without knowing what we're talking about. Like we, you know, a month and a half or two months ago, we did an episode where basically the whole episode was like, we don't know. Right. (laughs) So right now we know something. We do. And I feel like if you are on social media or, you know, you get your news via email digest, it's just that it's been in the headlines for two solid months, you know, back to school. But as you mentioned, it's been since uh, kind of the second half of July, we did a two-part series on what was guiding our personal decisions for this fall for our kids. And there was so much we didn't know at that time. And we promised we'd be back with a little update on how things were going for our families. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of, you know, you are in Michigan, I am in California, our kids are different ages. We'll just kind of go over what it's been looking like. We're recording this on September 18th. You all will hear it a few days after that. Um, So we'll check in and then we'll also just offer what we have in the way of success strategies for at-home learning in particular. And it's interesting, even if people's kids are in person right now, I don't think at-home learning is too far from anyone's mind just because we know things may change this winter. So we, we don't have it conquered yet, but we have a few tips and a few products and things that we've, we've learned just in the last couple of weeks. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I thought we could start with a lightning round just because I find it so interesting to hear what things look like in different parts of the country. So I'm going to lead us through just kind of like the facts of what school looks like so far this fall. Um, so I will start with what grade are your school aged kids in, Megan? Um, they are in sixth grade, ninth grade and 11th grade this year. Okay. And yours? Mine are in second, fifth, and seventh. So we have, we have everything from lower elementary all the way through upper high school covered between us. We don't, we no longer have preschool and kinders, but we've got everything else. Um, and what I'm just going to ask what, what the school model is right now. And I can go first, um, very briefly, it's 100% online learning from home. Um, it's two different schools. So my younger two are in an elementary school and my older one is in a middle school, but everybody's learning at home and everybody it's, do you call it synchronistic or synchronized instruction? It's where they attend live classes via Zoom versus I know some at-home learners are more watching recorded videos and stuff. So my kids are actually logging in at a time and interacting with teachers and peers in real time. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, that synchronous learning thing word, um, asynchronous, they've become quite the buzzwords, haven't they? I know. (laughs) Asynchronous, I've heard more than whatever the the, the synchronous version is. Yeah. And some of it, I mean, sometimes it's called live. Like I've yeah. seen it called, been called a lot of different things. I think we're all just learning the language at this <laughs> yeah. point. Um, so my kids are hundred percent at home. They're using a third party virtual provider that is actually working in partnership with the district. So we have the option of signing the kids up for um, 
in person or in real life, face-to-face, they're calling it face-to-face, or um, this third-party virtual provider. And all three of my kids are using the virtual provider, but it does kind of go through the school district in that we do hear from, like we have a a liaison at the school who um, is helping like with course selection and is doing the majority of the communication. Um, My kids are in two different schools, the middle school and the high school, and they're all using the same platform. And it looks pretty much the same when you log in. Okay. Um, I have to say, I'm really fascinated by this third party solution because as many friends as I have in different parts of the country and, you know, just people I follow on the socials, I think you're the only person I've heard of with this situation. And I'm sure our listeners listeners will jump in if they have it. But um, to have a third party virtual provider via the school district, it just It just Mm -hmm. happens to be you're the only one I've heard of with that. So I'm really interested in it. Um, Okay. So how many days have your kids been in school as of today, September 18th? This is relevant because as you'll find listeners, every week that you get through this, you feel like you have like quadrupled your (laughs) mastery of it. So how many days? Right. Um, Okay. Well, technically eight um, school days. Okay. However let's just call this a soft launch. <laughs> and honestly, it was that it's like that at the face-to-face in the face-to-face school too. Like the, the face-to-face kids have had extremely slow. Like they've only, if you know, like last week, I think they each um, attended or this week that we're, is now ending where they attended like two full days. And last week, I think every kid attended one half day because they were only taking 25% of the mm. kids per day, just so that they could get stuff like sanitation and all that stuff under control. Mm -hmm. Um, so eight days, but honestly nothing has happened. Like it's been so slow and it's, it's, we'll talk about this more later. Um, I'm trying to give the whole situation a lot of patience, but it has been kind of a mess. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) That's important honesty. And like everything else, it's important to root that in the time of September 18th, because in a month, you know, things may have changed. Things could Um, be great. Yeah. So it's interesting because my elementary schoolers started August 20th and I went back and counted and they have had 20 school days of instruction, which is so much different than eight days. And I know that because my middle schooler, they did have a, an orientation week the week before Labor Day with some half days. And it was a lot of like, here's how to log on to your portal and all of that. But I, I'm going to not count that just for the sake of this conversation, she's also only had eight days. She started the same day your kids did. So she's had eight days of her full schedule of instruction. So I, in my own house, I see the difference in 20 days, which I, when I counted that up, I was like, wow, that's, that's legit. That's like, that's substantial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, versus eight, which we're still just hitting the ground. So that's where, that's where my kids are. Um, so, you know, in this same lightning round vein of quick answers, I thought we could go through and just, honestly answer, is this home learning going better, same, or worse than what we expected? Because back in July, we just, we didn't know what it would look like. We didn't even know what we'd be doing. So this, this is just like a temperature check in the time of COVID and I can go first. So better, worse, or same as my expectations. I will say academically better than I expected, especially because our spring experience was <laughs> very lacking. Yeah, and so that, not. <laughs> and yeah. that's not to blame our our former school or teachers at all. I think most people would say that spring was just everybody figuring out what to do. Um, so academically, I'm really impressed. Like I do feel like my kids are learning and I feel like they're in, they're participating in discussions. Zoom has these breakout rooms. I'm 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 quite honestly impressed with the ability to use Zoom to sort of mimic what you'd really be doing in the classroom. It's right. not the same, of course, but so much, it is better than I expected. If we're talking about all relative to expectations, academically right. better. Um, one thing our school has done that's been so helpful is a physical bag of materials. Uh, for the elementary schoolers, we actually drive through the drive, uh, the pickup line and swap it out each week. So There's printed out um, for read. It's more like quizzes and assessments that are printed out on paper for Violet. It might be math manipulatives or some art supplies. And we do like a drive through bag swap every week. So just having those physical materials for some reason feels like it's anchoring the academics Mm. so much more. Allegra Mm -hmm. had a one time bag pickup for materials. She doesn't swap hers out every week. So academically better social emotional. I would say same as I expected, which is we moved to town this summer. My kids have no friends. It's hard to meet friends on Zoom. They're not, they're not like 
you know, high level depressed right now, but I, I don't feel their social emotional needs are being met, nor did I over the summer, nor did I last spring. It's just, it's hard, but it's, it's about the same as what I expected. Their motivation and their excitement for school kind of ebbs and flows. It's not great, but it's not screaming tantrums every day. It's just kind of what I expected. Um, and then in terms of like my mental health, my my, like the mental load on me, it is also about what I expected, which is it's hard. It's a lot of work. It's um, it is a whole separate piece of my day that I wouldn't otherwise be in charge of. And just, you know, Mm -hmm. to be there to help with the Zoom logons. And um, it is going better, I would say better than spring, but about what I expected for fall, which is to say I have three learners in my home and that's a bandwidth issue, both on the actual Internet and on my mental load brain. It's like as soon as I hit a groove with something they are on a break and need a snack. And, you know, it's just it's it's just different. It's about the same as what I expected. So how about you? Better, same, worse? Oh, OK. Well, academically, I mean, the first word that came to mind is terrible, but that's not really fair. It's <laughs> it's more that it's academically non-existent. Like they're not really doing anything yet. It's been a lot of logging in and reading syllabuses and wondering when things are going to get started because of the program that is doing, I, I think there's some scale issues happening and it's hard to know, not that I'm looking to place blame, but it's kind of hard to know who's struggling the most. Is it this company that is supposed to be providing, you know, the education and wasn't prepared for 2020, maybe like maybe right. it was a small company. And so things aren't, it almost seems like there's some it problems where like things aren't getting assigned. So it's, it's not that the, like, I've looked at the syllabuses and some of the assignments and they look like they're going to be super cool but nothing's happening. Yeah. I do think that that's changing. I think, um, as of today, the kids are with their dad today, but I'm pretty sure as of today, they actually have like, they have actual schoolwork to do. So okay. I guess the jury is out and I will reserve, um, judgment, but so far it's just been like, well, I don't know. looks yeah. cool. I guess we'll see. And it's asynchronous where they do not have to all be in at the same time. They can, they can, if they want to be live, they can, but they can also just like watch the video later and email questions and interact that um, on the message board whenever they want. So it's yeah. super, it's supposed to be super flexible. Um, socially, emotionally, I would say about what I expected. Like the kids are kind of, you know, they're kind of like sluggish in the motivation. We are better than we were last spring. Um, I do feel like our routine is coming together much better than the summer, but you know, again, it's like you said, it's like, they're not getting everything they need, but I think they've gotten a use to that. Yes. I, I think sad. that's exactly you. You said it that it's not. Yeah. And I think that's so many things about 2020. Like we've, a, we've right. adapted to an unfortunately subpar existence and right. we acknowledge that many have it way worse. So we're like, okay, we, you know, we'll chin up, we can do this. Like, but yeah, we've adapted to something that's not ideal. Right. Exactly. So they're not complaining as much and they don't seem like they're dragging around the house in their pajamas all day. Um, but at the same time, they're not like waking up the crack of dawn peppy and ready to hit the ground <laughs> running either. So, um, so the parenting, the mom time required, you know, honestly, it's been really hard for the last two weeks. Cause I came into this with so much like fall energy and really wanting to hit the ground, like with this routine. And now I'm just trying to keep them on track doing something yeah. and there's just not much to do. So it's like every day we have a very loose routine where I want them up at a certain time. I want them sitting at the table. I want them looking, but then it's like, they're looking at it and there's really nothing to be done. And then of course, all of them are going, but what does this mean? Like, like I'm circling the table. Yeah. Cause everyone's like, what about this? What about that? What about this? And the answer is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll get into that more. I know in, in the rest of the episode, but like the answer is that doesn't, I don't understand what that means. It doesn't make sense to me. Or you haven't heard from your teacher yet. Like, why am I in this position? So I think that's going to get better once they're actually interacting with the teachers. Um, It's just has kind of all fallen on my shoulders. And so it's been like, I know there's not much to do, but yet I feel like I have to do something. And that's kind of an uncomfortable place to be. Yeah, you really are in a in a limbo where the school year has allegedly started but there's right. not not enough the the transfer of authority like almost hasn't yes. been fully happened yet so like yes. the kids are in the middle and they're still looking to you when ideally the structure should be there for the most part and you should just be like the internet fairy in the background the exactly. internet snack fairy exactly yeah yeah oh, well that's a good that's a good quick overview um the way this episode is going to work is uh, after the break we're going to just talk about some 
I'm calling them like success strategies, which sounds funny because we're very new into this. But when when all of your focus goes into this big start of school, you do feel like you each day you get a little better at it. So we have some thoughts to share. Um, And then later on in the episode, we have some product ideas to share because I I'm laughing. One of our listeners in the Facebook group early in the pandemic said, I'm just going to throw some money at this problem. Like, tell me your, <laughs> I think she wanted, she wanted yeah. like backyard outdoor toys. Uh, yeah. She wanted toys, but I loved, I loved the honesty of that. Like I am really, I'm willing to pay for this. Yes. And I, <laughs> yeah. I felt like that with the home learning. So I little, little purchases, nothing extravagant, but throwing some money at this situation to kind of grease the wheels, make it efficient. So later in the episode, we have some product recommendations. So Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion, and because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah. So for the next few minutes, we are just going to have, I guess, like a generalized pep talk. Um, We'll share some of the ways we're trying to keep the kids' school experiences positive and low pressure and good for us, you know, like positive for us as well. So I'll start first. Um, I'm only a couple weeks in, but this start has been so bumpy. And like I said in the intro, it's been kind of this weird limbo where, I mean, I'm, I'm used to sending my kids to a building Mm. and they get all of their schooling in this building and then they come home and maybe they have some homework and I check their grades or something, but I've really become in a way kind of lax about it. And I don't know that that's necessarily good, but I'm like the opposite of an overparenter when it comes to the school. Like I just trust the teachers for the most part to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. I trust my kids for the most part to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then I just kind of like check in every now and then. And I, I'm never really, I don't know, controlling about it um, or really even that worried about it. And this kind of bringing out some like latent overparenting school mom side of me that I didn't know that I had. Mm. But it's because I am responsible right now for all of it. And n- nothing's happening. So like whatever is going to happen right now, I'm the one ha- who has to make it happen. And I don't even know what's supposed to be happening. So I'm kind of in this uncomfortable place that I think will get better. Um, but what, the, what I have been doing for the last couple of weeks while it's been so weird is like just trying to manage everyone's expectations and stress. Like that is literally right now the only thing I can control. Mm. And I have three school-aged kids with three very different approaches to the way they 
their their stress, their anxiety, the way they um, interact with teachers and feel about school. So you've got Will who will figure out what has to get done and do it. Like mm-hmm. he is good old reliable William. He always does exactly what's expected of him. Nothing more, but always <laughs> exactly what's expected of him, which has been tricky because that means I have to set expectations high enough because mm. if he knows I'm cool with him getting a B, he's going to get a B. But if he knows, I want, I expect he could get an A in a class because he's smart and prepared enough for it. Um, he'll get the A. Like it's really whatever expectation I set is where he'll rise. So that can be kind of a challenge at any time. And right now it's especially a challenge because I have no idea what he's even doing. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. So it's hard to set those um, expectations. Then you've got Owen who's like the arguer debater. Um, so he already has lots to say about everything from the way the syllabuses are written to um, the way the dashboard of the platform that he's working in is. He thinks this assignments are dumb. He <laughs> thinks, like, and he's, he doesn't even have a teacher to interact with. So he's just looking at the assignment, like absent any instruction around it. So I'm like, you can't make that judgment. You have no idea. Like, you don't even know what the teacher's going to tell you. Like, calm down. Like, don't rush to judgment. And then there's Clara who wants to be doing perfect. Like she wants to be acing everything and is worried she's missing something. Mm. So there was a couple days last week or were a couple days last week where I said, you guys, we're not even going to look at school today. There's nothing to look at. We've looked at everything we can look at. We're just going to clean the house. <laughs> so I got them up and we just cleaned the house. So it was like, there's no point. Like it's stressing all of us out. So that's one thing we're just trying to, I'm just trying to do is like recognize the situation is what it is. And the kids, I'm not, I'm not going to get bent out of shape about like falling behind. I'm not going to gripe at the kids too much because they don't know what's going on. I'm trying at least because I keep thinking they have some answer I don't have. Like maybe they got an email that I didn't see or something and expecting them to like solve this for me. And the fact is none of us know what's going on, including it seems the teachers. So um, the other thing I'm doing is trying to not obsessively like check the parent portal. So I can log in individually to the kids. uh, to the kids' different dashboards. And I, I do have Clara's on my computer. I didn't put the boys on my computer, but I also have a parent dashboard that I can log into. But right now, none of it means anything. So like, it looks like Clara's getting 100% in one class, but that's because she just participated in like one message board discussion, which it turns out it was the wrong class. Oh, you had all God. these little kids, you had all these kids, like the blind leading the blind, right? Like they're all talking to each other about physics and there's no teacher logging in because the teacher wasn't in there. It was crazy. Oh and I'm looking at the screen like, so she's got a great grade because she's, you know, said that graphite is softer than diamond or something. And and why? <laughs> like, but but there was no instruction happening. So it's been it's been kind of a mess. Whew. But I just think what we're trying to do is um, I don't know, just realize that nothing for anybody is normal right now. And that just because school is back in session doesn't mean it's going to look anything like it did last year. And that has to be okay. It's not just that it's okay. It has to be yep. okay. Cause that's what it is. And I just keep kind of telling myself that and that it's going to, that's going to get better. Yeah. Ugh, that's a lot. It is a lot. Um, I want to jump on something you said, or maybe just your, your whole general situation just reminds me that this, um, entry period this fall is going to look so different depending on what part of the country you're in and depending on what kind of time and resources your school has had to get ready. So for example, if you're in a school that's also licensed as like a private daycare, as many like lower primary schools or private schools are, they may have had a bunch of systems in place all summer. They may be like ready for some kind of hybrid model Um, There are other schools that thought they were going to open in person and then had to reverse course. So the Mm -hmm. online program and and so I'm just um, I think what I want to circle around to is just like when we start school with our brand new preschoolers or brand new kindergartens, you and I always tell moms, Megan, to give it like give it a month or even six or eight weeks before not before making a judgment because you know your kid and you, you know, you always have the right to say, this is not working for my family. So I'm not saying like stick it out no matter what, but kind right. of kind of invite you to stick it out if if things are muddling along and not judge the whole program by the first week. And I feel like where you are, Megan, is you're you're being forced to not judge this program by the first eight days of instruction because it's right. not it's not ideal yet. Um right. But I would just open that up to everybody because some schools may hit the ground running and other schools may not have had the chance to prepare or may have to 
switch gears midstream. And so patience, patience for everybody, including for ourselves and our own kids and our schools. And um, I'll be really interested to hear how things are going in like another two or three weeks for you. Um, Yeah. And I feel like, again, academically, this year may be kind of a wash. (laughs) Um, But if I can get to the other end of this year and feel like my kids didn't have like the most stressed year of their lives and I didn't, like, I'll feel like that's a win. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's just lowering my expectations a ridiculous amount, but it also feels necessary right now to have something you can actually do, like that you can actually control. And I really can't, unless I homeschool them and like totally opt out of the whole system. I'm only going to have so much control over the academics that they have this year. Mm-hmm. And that has to, again, it has to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of control over the tone of the household and my expectations and theirs and stress. So that's yes. what I'm focusing on. Yeah, no, I think that's super duper wise. Um, okay. So I'll just kind of go through some thoughts and maybe even a couple tips here. Cause I feel like we, I have, I do have a 12 days on you in the experience <laughs> department. You're like an old veteran. I know, yeah. I know. Um, but my first one I already touched on, and that is really going slow with expectations for your yourself and your own kids in the first two to three weeks. And a specific example for us is um, my elementary schoolers have a pretty hefty load of live instruction, almost like every hour with little recesses for the morning. And then from lunchtime till three o'clock is mostly independent work with an occasional, they might have an occasional small group Zoom or like a one-on-one chat with their teacher, but that would be once a week. It wouldn't be every day. Um, So that afternoon block, I left very loosey-goosey for the first two to three weeks because just the discipline and the focus it took to be on scheduled Zooms all morning for a seven and a Um, 10-year-old, it was enough. I could could tell it was enough for their mental health. It was enough for their academic brains. And then what I started to note, and I kind of watched what they did in the afternoon. Sometimes they'd want to play their math game on the, on the computer, which is technically like one of the things they can choose from in the afternoon. But of course they only want to do the one that's like a video game, basically. Like they didn't want to also write in their journal and read. And so I just let it go. I, I don't think we were meeting the expectations of the teacher those first three weeks. And I just was okay with that because I felt like my my bare minimum was let's see if we can show up to Zoom class, you know, on the hour, every hour through the morning. And then let's let's let our afternoons be a little more freeform. And then what I was able to do is actually create a little bit more structure after they had gotten used to that. So it's like it's like um, scaffolding or like, you know, stair stepping your expectations. I think as moms, we get really tempted to roll out the shiny new mm list of house rules and expectations and schedules. Um, but remember, like, remember that many schools start kindergartners at half days for two weeks. There's a reason for these graduated entry programs. And so, um, if you feel like it's too much at first on your kids, you, you can, you know, shoot an email to the teacher or I didn't even do that. I just said, we're gonna, we're just going to take our afternoons pretty free form, even though technically you guys are supposed to be doing these like guided individual things each afternoon. I just didn't make them do it for the first few weeks. And then I was able to add that on because the mornings felt doable. So it was just like a, like a graduated approach and that worked well for us. Well, and teachers are also figuring this out as they go, right? So like they may have come up with this, like a schedule that seemed like it was going to work really well. And then they're probably also overwhelmed the first couple of weeks. So who knows if they were like even able to like look at those, um, the projects that came in or whatever the, whatever the things where the kids were working on, like they may just be like, it's almost out there just to give kids something to do to make parents happy. But that doesn't mean you have to participate in every part of it. Well, that and you're so right, because with different families working situations, it may in some families, it may actually be really useful to have like, here's your checklist of things to do this afternoon, because, you know, because we're working full time. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am not really enjoying the flexibility of not needing to work six hours a day, eight right. hours a day. But I, the truth is I have it. And I, I was able to support that. And if in a different household, they, you know, you may really need that afternoon structure. So that's a good point. Um, so another thing I want to talk about is the kids' physical space and environment. And I was reminded of you, Megan, because you are the one who taught me that just because kids can do a chore or be responsible for something doesn't mean as a mom, you have to let it go. And you've used this example with like folding your kids laundry, even though they were capable of that. And, you know, maybe some parenting book said that kids should be able to do their own laundry by some age. Um, 
so maybe I'm interpreting what you've said, but what I take it to mean is that there are certain jobs that we can choose to hold on to as moms, either because it makes us feel good or because it supports the family system and we can give our kids a break. And I chose to do or that. because we do it better or be- yeah, or because <laughs> doing it our way almost helps our own mental health. Yes. Right. Yeah. So like and I could think of a million ways that could be loading the dishwasher or folding the towels or whatever. Now, if you did that 100 percent of the time and your kids never learned any of these skills, maybe maybe that's a problem. But I am I'm applying that Megan Francis nugget of wisdom to my kids physical environment. So they each have Violet works at the dining room table. Reed works at this little card table we set up in our rec room. And I am just leaning into the enjoyment of tidying their space, um, usually kind of at the end of each day or before they start the next morning. If I let it go a couple days, maybe every couple days. And then on the weekends, really going through everything. I get to see the little doodles and the pieces of paper they're they're working on. I get to see their schoolwork. I get to like wipe down the surfaces and like sharpen the pencils. And Mm. I didn't, you know, it seems like this should be like, oh, that should be part of their responsibility, part of their. And I'm like, nope, the 2020 is a weird year. If they were in a classroom, they'd be learning those tidy desk skills from their teacher and they will have an opportunity to practice them again. But for some reason, it's bringing me joy to have control over this. And so both of them have a a really cute workspace. Um, I've really tried to make sure that it's functional. In the second half of this episode, when we talk about some products, I'll mention some specific things. But this is more, I guess, the tip is to the physical environment does matter. And I've learned I've learned that having the things that they need nearby really helps them be independent and focused. But also, I am probably much more involved in managing their physical environment than I am in the academics because it's enjoyable for me. And it makes me feel Mm. like I'm supporting this process. And I don't know, it just fills my cup in a different way. Um, And so I I, for a couple of weeks, I was like, you know, I should have Violet clean up her space at the end of the day. And I'm like, nope, I'm just going to do that for her because I don't have to pack lunches right now or drive carpool. So this is going to be my way of contributing to the process and I enjoy it. So that's just, and it almost feels like your way of getting to be mom and yeah. not like some weird teacher <laughs> substitute or like internet fairy. Like you said, like that's a real nurturing mom thing you're getting to do. Um, and there's not a lot of that in this virtual, like yeah. we're kind of, we're like, we're like in charge, but we're very removed. Yeah. And so it can feel kind of impersonal. Like our, our relationship with their education right now is weird. Yeah. And so I like that. I, that's exactly the kind of thing I would do as well. Yeah. Well, thank oh. you. Um, two more quick things. One, if you haven't started yet, or if you're just starting and you're more like in the Megan eight days in, just if your kids are getting live instructions, expect to live by the clock in like 40 or 50 minute increments and it will feel really hard and weird at first and then it will get better. And remember, teachers do this all the time, all year. Everything's in like 25 or 40 or 50 minute, you know, instruction increments. And so, I mean, pull all of the tricks out of your bag, which is, you know, I laminated a printed schedule. I write it on the whiteboard. If you need to use little alarms or Alexa or Google to do things at the right time. Um, we have like recesses at odd times, like nine 40 and 10 50. And it just, it will feel like it consumes your life if your kids are on this kind of a program, but I will tell you it gets easier. And my kids at seven and 10, now they even know their schedule so they can glance at the clock, but things, things like having good working clocks in most rooms where kids can glance up while they're on break and know how many minutes till the next class starts, like little things to set up, um, yourself for success. So that, so that being on that very timed schedule doesn't feel so weird. Um, and then it just, it just starts after a while, it does feel a little more intuitive. So wanted to mention that. And my last thing is super technical. Um, but if you are using Google's suite of services for your school, your work, your classroom, your personal, I have been a Google Chrome user for years and only discovered this in the last year. So I'll just tell you what to look for in the top of your Chrome menu bar says file, then edit, then view, then history, then bookmarks. And there's one that says people. And you can add different um, Google login identities. And that includes like a lot of schools are on Google's suite of services. Even if your school email is like yourschool.org, it's still a Google-based system. So you can add different people identities there and really quickly switch back and forth. Um, There's when you're in Chrome, you can also go over to the right and it's like shows your picture. And I always logged out and logged back in using that. This is like yep. completely different. 
it it keeps all of your bookmarks. It keeps your windows open. It keeps it like preserves your like my Sarah work Google platform. But I can flip over in a second if I needed to like help if I needed to log in on my computer to one of my kids, for example. Um, so I don't know. I'm just mentioning it because I feel like if you, you could be a pretty savvy Google Chrome user and not know this, and it's totally different from logging in and out the other way. And these kinds of little things can create big hassles yeah. over time. So. Well, I love that you taught me that trick earlier this week. I think it was. And I'm now because I am somebody who has always tons of browser tabs open, but I hate that I have like browser. Like right now I'm looking at my browser tabs across the top and it's like, you know, the thing we're recording in, um, I've got my email open and then there's other stuff like recipes, like those things don't go together. And I would love to have just work stuff open and then be able to switch people to my other Person, my other personality. Yeah. <laughs> and see my home stuff yep. or the kids' school. Like that, I feel like would just be very, it would really help. So um, I'm excited to try that out. Yeah. And it, it drills all the way down into anything that you happen to be logged into as that Google person would stay. So I don't know, maybe it would be Spotify or Amazon or anything else that like needs to stay with that part of your life and not the other. Yeah. It allows you to like kind of flip back and forth without also logging in and out of these other things. So very, very technical tip there for my last one. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so turns out that products and spending money don't solve all the problems, but sometimes with remote learning and learning at home, they solve some of the problems. And I have lived this over the past few weeks um, and actually had a lot of fun. Um, Some of you may have seen, I did a little roundup on our blog and I can link to that. So If you already read that, some of these may sound familiar, but I'll be able to elaborate a little bit more. So um, my first and favorite probably thing that made the biggest difference is a laptop stand to get the computers up off the table so that the zoom camera angle meets my kids like in the eyes. And I can't tell you what a difference this made. I I told on a recent episode the story about Violet getting kind of yelled at, to be honest, on her first day of school for not looking at the camera. And part of the reason, in addition to other things, is when the device is down low, the kids actually look like they're looking down even when they're looking at the screen. It's like an angle thing. Um, It it helps with posture. So there's a million different laptop stands out there. Mine is an Amazon Basics one. And I think we own five now. They're like 20 bucks. And every person in the house with a laptop has gotten one and I keep ordering them because we have so many people and so many laptops. I have one for my own desk, which makes me look better and more awake mm-hmm. when I'm on a zoom call. It's just great. It's a simple, like curved piece of metal. Um, and I'm really happy with the Amazon basics model. Um, so that has been huge. It's just, it's just a laptop stand. Yeah. I am definitely getting a bunch of those because first of all, I, whenever I'm doing a zoom call or whatever, I tend to stack up board games or <laughs> yeah. books or whatever to put my computer on because I know it, I look better then. Um, so gosh, yeah, the kids would love to have that. And I, that's a really good idea. One note about this. If your older kids are typing a lot while they're Zooming, you may also want to grab a Bluetooth keyboard. And I didn't think about yeah. this when I first started recommending it because my younger kids tend to just be watching. They're either watching or they're talking on Zoom. They're not typing at the same time. But if you are, you, then it's a little awkward to put your fingers up on the laptop stand yeah. and type. Yep. So that's uh, that's one thing I'll say. And for my office, I did pick up a secondhand Facebook Marketplace uh, Bluetooth keyboard because then I can be in proper typing position. So kind of a two-parter. Yeah, that is kind of awkward. Like your hands are yeah. all like weirdly curved. Um, so my first one is also techie. Um, I decided just to, you know, 
give up the ghost or whatever on my old printer, which I just complained about, I think last month. And I just bought a new printer. I felt like, like something about the, the, the toll on our collective family psyche of yes. having this printer that half the time wouldn't work. And we could never figure out why, like certain devices it would work with and certain ones it wouldn't. And I felt like the ink got used up really fast, but it was old. It was getting a little older and uh, it was, it would get all backed up all the time. So, or not backed up, but, you know, jammed. Yeah. Um, I just threw the thing out. I was just like, you know, I, I can't rescue, like, I can't resurrect this thing yeah. at this point. And it's also the kind of thing where, because for so long when I was married, I never made technology purchases like that. Like I was never the one in charge of buying a printer or um, buying a TV or whatever. So you get used to not making those purchases. And then what ends up happening is you just make do with what you have forever because yeah. you don't, you don't even think about it. Like, I don't think about things like where the cords go for the, you know, yeah. for the monitor, um, for the router or whatever, all that stuff. So I'm trying to get better about taking more ownership over that stuff. And that the new printer and like, it was so funny how excited the kids were <laughs> like, Oh, a new printer. Like we, I, I mean, they just seemed really like geeking out over it. Um, and it made me realize how many times the kids would come to me and say, mom, I really want to print something. Do you think it's going to work? Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's a, that's a great one. Printers are also something that get cheaper and better every couple years. So it, you usually can spend less than you did last time for something better in a lot of, in a lot of cases. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So another great discovery for me is a tabletop mat for your desk or table area. The best way I can describe this, and of course it will be linked in the show notes, it looks like a yoga mat for your writing surface, except it's not as spongy and squishy, but it rolls up. It's Violet's is two-sided, really pretty color. Um, and the problem it solved is she she was wearing grooves in my dining room table by her enthusiastic printing. Mm. Um, but it may also solve a problem if you have a table or a work surface that already has grooves, like it has, you know how tables have like a seam in them or a, yeah. some kind of divot, um, then that can be frustrating for a kid who's trying to do a lot of writing or coloring. So I think this, especially for our younger kids. Um, and the one I found that's linked in the show notes comes in different sizes and different colors. So even Violet felt like it was just a pretty surface for her workstation. Um, but when I put her, all of her stuff away, like on Fridays, um, cause it's our dining room table, it rolls up really nicely. It stores really easily. Um, and then the writing surface is just perfect. It's a tiny bit soft, but not so soft that like you're, you know, your pencil sinking into it or whatever. Right. And, um, they have all different sizes. So even if you had a small workspace, you could get one that's like the size of a small placemat, or it could be almost the size of a whole work area. So it was great. Love that. Um, well, my next one is another technology purchase. I feel like I had to really do some work to get my house technology ready for, um, remote learning and remote work. So I got another Wi-Fi extender. So I live in a big old house. And if, you live in an old house or a big house. Um, you may also realize like how the positioning of certain rooms in the house or what the walls are made of can often kind of block the Wi-Fi from getting to certain areas of the house. And sometimes it's just like literally too far away from the router. So we already had one Wi-Fi extender, but the kids kept like stealing it. <laughs> so it was always in my office and then I would go in there and it's gone because someone took it downstairs to use it. And I just realized this is silly. So I bought another one. And then Good. it just, I mean, it's just one of those things. It was like 30 bucks. And now I don't have to worry that if I'm in certain areas of the house, the internet will be bad and neither do the kids. So we're not competing. And yeah. it just feels like such a, a little dumb thing that makes such a big difference. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. No, I, I mean, because we moved into this house in July, it's all kind of in, interrelated because the house is bigger right. and Brian's working from home now and then school started. So I'm just, I'm nodding my head because this is a ongoing thing with us. And I'm lucky that Brian is like, he likes this kind of thing. So I don't even know how it happens. I just know that the internet keeps getting better and he keeps kind of fix, you know, tinkering with the system. So, yeah. Um, okay. So this next one might be a little bit different, but, um, if you have in your house, little things that could be used as fidget toys, um, I have found that it helps having something near my younger kids learning area that now I know I told the story where Violet got in trouble <laughs> for doing something I thought maybe would be an appropriate fidget. So you may, it may need to be sanctioned by the teacher or, or something really subtle, but a couple of things that we have, we have these little animal squishies, like those just foam where they squeeze them and they kind of get small and then they like 
like unsquish themselves back up again. Right. Very simple, like something to like a stress ball, but shaped like a puppy. Those work. Um, things like the old fidget spinners, which we had so many in our house for a while. I finally kind of collected them all in one little basket. Um, and then there's other there's other little things kids can do with their hands. Um, I almost feel like it's just a like an act of service or love to put some a couple of things in my kids work area that says like, I know this is hard. Like, I know you are not going to want to pay attention every minute. Please enjoy this squishy puppy next to you. Um, but I also know that little kids especially really do need they're not typing the whole time. They're not used to looking at a computer the whole time. So they really may need something to do with their hands. So it could be as simple as going around your house and finding a couple of things that seem appropriate. Um, silly putty, if they're not going to make a big mess with it, um, all kinds of things like that. Um, but yeah, it just, it didn't take very much money, but it took a little bit of intention to realize that right. like we had enough things. Um, and I kind of know my kids and I know their fidgeting habits to just make that a part of their learning setup. And the squishies are cute. I do in the blog post, I do link to this five pack of puppy squishies. So if you're into that kind of thing, there is a link in the show notes. As you're speaking, I just looked down at my hands and realized I have been fidgeting with a scrunchie for yeah. like, who knows how long. <laughs> I don't even know I was doing it, but actually it makes a pretty good little fidget. Yeah. I'm just, I have my fingers in it. I'm just stretching it and yeah, I'll probably twist it. I need <laughs> fidget toys too. Yeah. I'll send you puppies. Yeah, thank you. I want puppies. Um, okay. So my next one is more along the lines of like, um, planning materials. I asked William to pick out a planner for himself. And I was actually really impressed with the one he picked. I thought he would just be like, I don't know, get me, you know, the first like day timer that came up yeah. on Amazon or something. But he picked the Clever Fox planner, which I was not familiar with that brand, but I really like it. And so I ended up getting one for Clara, did not get one for Owen because he said, I don't use planners. <laughs> And he said it in such a dismissive way that I was like, okay, geez, like now I feel kind of weird for using a planner, but they're really cute. And they're like the kind that have goal setting. They're very visually pretty to look at and they come with stickers and, you know, um, the kind of that it almost feels a little more akin to like a bullet journal or something. I'm, I'm looking at them online. I wasn't familiar either, but I'm, I'm not a huge paper planner person myself, but they're so cute. They're very cute. And they just feel like the kind of thing that a kid who likes that sort of, um, I don't know, like who, who uses different ways to like goal set and like who needs maybe a monthly planner for some things and a weekly for others or whatever. I really like it. So I was pretty excited about that. And it just felt like, I don't know, like they're don't, they're not even getting any real books this year or anything. So it's just kind of a nice thing for them to have a physical, yes. um, something nice that's physical and it's just theirs uh, that they can use. So I was pretty excited about that little discovery from Will. I love that. And that they look super cute. I, I want to get one for Allegra. I was waiting to see if her school provided planners because, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. they do. And it looks like they did provide one. I'll have to ask her if like they have to use that one or if it's just kind of, you know, here's a start because those are so cute. Um, OK, well, let's talk about comfortable seating, um, because I have felt like it's literal musical chairs in this house to get everybody the right kind of seating for their desk. And, you know, if you've been listening to every episode, you know, I've also had to kind of furnish this house quickly with secondhand furniture, blah, blah, blah. So um, our dining room set is older, but it's very nice. And the chairs are so uncomfortable. And we've always kind of laughed about this. They're, they're beautiful wooden pottery barn chairs, but they are ridiculously uncomfortable. And I knew that for myself, but I wasn't sure how it would affect Violet. And, you know, she doesn't complain, but I guess if there's a tip, sit in the chair that your kids are going to be logging multiple hours per day in and, and, you know, see if you'd sit in that chair. And if not, right. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do. Um, we happen to buy these very inexpensive memory foam seat pads that they, you don't even have to tie them to the back of the chair. Cause they're like nonstick. So you just plop them down like a little, I said, we're going to have comfy butts, Violet. Our butts are going to be comfy because <laughs> she and I usually work at the dining room table and they were a six pack, not very expensive. Um, so you could look into something like that. You could look into a different chair. You can look se like secondhand Facebook marketplace has office chairs, um, you know, nice ones for secondhand. You could go that route. You could think about something like a yoga ball. Some kids do really well sitting on an alternative type of seating, like a yoga ball. Um, I have even, I just bought, but it hasn't come yet. A lap desk for Allegra might work in bed. Some of the time I'm not opposed to working in bed, but it, you still need to have decent posture and you still need to be able to see your computer and all that. So 
I don't have one product to recommend, but just expect that comfortable seating will be, you know, something to consider, especially for little kids who aren't sized for the tables and chairs in your house, like the way they would be at school. So kind of an ongoing thing of like, what's the right chair or how can we make this chair more comfortable? Or is there even a different space for this kid to work in? So comfy butts. Do your kids ever, do your kids ever stand and work? Um, not now. Um, but we haven't, I do sometimes, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really like to stand at my kitchen Island sometimes and work. And I'm wondering if like when my kids are actually doing anything all day, if I might make that available to them. Cause the nice thing is my kids won't have to be on camera very yeah. much. So they could really move about and be wherever they want to be. And Sometimes it is nice to kind of mix up where you are, but yeah. that is important. You're right. Chair, you know, comfy butts. Comfy butts for everyone. Very important. <laughs> um, so my next one is, again, along the lines of having something physical um, that just kind of gives the kids a boost. And I went out and bought a bunch of fun markers and pens and have them in a, you know, big cup on the dining room table. We have not gotten a real supply list even because it depends on the teacher. And I think I mentioned a few times already, we haven't heard from most of the teachers yet. So, um, it felt like kind of anticlimactic, like everyone wanted back to school supplies, but I'm like, um, I don't know what to get you because I have no idea what it's going to look like. So we ended up getting just like little touches, like fold, like cute folders and nice notebooks and markers and pens and things like that, that they can use. And I feel like it just, I don't know, it makes it feel like school, even though uh-huh. there's not a whole lot of school happening yet. And it's a little boost and it's fun. And, and we all like shopping for that kind of stuff. So yeah, one little thing we just bought. I feel like 2020, just because it canceled almost everything that we love, it doesn't have to cancel the love for new school supplies, you know, no, of course not. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Well, I have a couple more quick ones. Um, and the next one is good headphones. Um, our elementary school provided headphones that have a, like a, a mic. They look like the kids look like they're flying airplanes. Like it has the little, or it looks like gamer headphones. So they're over the ear, comfortable on the ears. And then there's a little mic and the, um, they're made by egghead. And I tried to look up if you can buy those ones cause they're really nice. But it looks like they really do sell in bulk to schools and things like that. Um, in the show notes, I'll link up something similar. But I noticed that um, not all kids' headphones have a built-in mic. Some do and some don't. And and the reason I bring this up is I do think that when kids can hear their teacher and then speak back and have their teacher hear and understand them, I feel like the learning process is streamlined a little bit. We all know that's going to be like, mute yourself, unmute yourself, speak up, right. I can't hear you. There's enough technical roadblocks already built into this system. Um, and these are not expensive. Like this kind of headphone is not expensive, but if you've been just doing earbuds or if they're not using headphones and you might want to give it a try, um, look for something with a built-in mic because then the teacher can hear, hear them and their little voices when they're, I mean, Violet's so timid about talking in class. And, and then when they get good feedback, like, thank you, Violet, you know, thank you for sharing what you read yesterday. They feel a little bit more confident. So I do think some of these technical purchases can actually contribute to, you know, their confidence and their academic learning. And I have found that with headphones. So again, there's a link in the show notes to ones that look similar to what our school provided. Um, and it's a lot of hours. So it's a lot of time to have uncomfortable earbuds in your ears or to be, if your computer speakers aren't great to be like half hearing what the teacher is saying. So, yeah. You know, what's funny. I think that this is one positive thing about gaming, like the gaming that my boys have Uh been doing for so long is that they're all very comfortable talking into their earbuds and like, or here, you know, talking into their um, earbuds that have the, have the mics in them uh-huh. and then listening and like communicating while they're doing something totally different because they're communicating yeah. with their cousins or with each other. Sometimes they're like in different rooms, but they're all talking to each other in the game. Like uh-huh. they're all yeah. in the same game. And I think they've just gotten kind of used to it. And then Clara, you know, is not really. And she's, she, I wouldn't say she's timid anymore, but she's just awkward. Yeah. It's like, she's, just doesn't quite, she looks very stiff and it's not natural. So I'm hoping she'll, she'll ease into that. Um, well, my last one is just, I know you've talked about this as well in a previous episode, maybe when we were talking about your laminator, but I did end up getting a huge whiteboard. Um, and when I ordered it, it's Amazon, Amazon basics. And then when I got it, I realized it has to be drilled into the wall and I don't, I'm very intimidated by things, but by drills, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like anything that requires drilling anything into a wall just kind of intimidates me. So then I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I won't even use this. Maybe I'll get a different one. So then I bought one that sticks to the wall. And if you are trying to stick 
one of those sticky ones, just as a warning to like um, a, an older painted wall or like a wall that has any texture, it won't stick. So that rolled up three times the first day. And then I was like, <sighs> okay, now this is dumb. So then I moved that to the side of the fridge. So that one is so like right on the other side of the dining room where you come through the kitchen, you would come past the fridge to come to the dining room. Okay. So I put that one on the side of the fridge that you would pass. And I think that's the one where I'm going to have like Will put his work schedule and anything that's not necessarily school related, but like we need to keep track of like uh-huh. a grocery list or whatever. That one will go there. And then I am just going to have to bite the bullet and hang up the huge whiteboard. But I really want everyone to like have something to look at every day. Like like in school, yeah. there's that visual cue. You look up and the whiteboard tells you something. And I don't even know yet what it's going to be. I'm kind of thinking it's not going to be enough room on there to have, you know, assignments for three kids. And that feels like a little repetitive, right. but something like something, uh, some kind of a reminder, something for each of them. Um, I just think that having something to look at is so important. And like that, especially for kids who are more out of sight, out of mind, you need those visual cues. And I'm just trying to figure out the best way to use that whiteboard. I'm excited about it. I know it's going to be great. I just haven't decided what's going to go on it yet. So open to suggestions. Well, I can um, just jump in a little bit because because we have had a family whiteboard for a couple of years now. Um, but since since the move and since school started, um, you're right. We don't write things like assignments on it. That would be too much. The things that we write um, down in like the two corners, I write the two different schools, their basic bell schedule, not like every class that everyone has every day, but mostly what time their breaks are. Like, you know, you start at okay. 830 you have your breaks at 9:40 and 10:50 and 12 for lunch. Um so it's more of like more like the bell schedule than the actual academic schedule. And since we have two schools, I do that kind of small and I leave that up there until it needs to be rewritten like maybe a week or something because it never changes. And then the main part of the board, mostly Brian and I put our work commitments. So Brian will put what time he has actual client calls, which is when he's truly, you know, unavailable. If I'm recording or have meetings, I'll put that up there. Um, And then anything else that's unusual about the day. So like today, the day we're recording this, I'm going to the dentist. That doesn't happen very often, you know, things like that. So it's more like it's the daily schedule, but not so granular, not the things that we already know happen every single day. Um, And then we do usually put what's for dinner. um, And then, yeah, that's kind of that's that's it. The date at the top, you know, just like in a classroom. Mm -hmm. And it's evolved. So, you know, I think yours will probably evolve. You just start with something and then you realize like, oh, we should put that up on the board. Or the kids keep asking a question like, you know, what's the Wi-Fi password? That's a bad example. They know that. But what's like, what's a thing that we we're always looking for this piece of information? And maybe that goes on the whiteboard. So, yeah, excited for your whiteboard future. Um, Well, let's just finish up with like a no brainer. And that is if you have children learning at home and you do not have a good pencil sharpener, electric plug into the wall, pencil sharpener. Mm-hmm. What are you waiting for? Um, I was just catching up on our friends, the girl next door podcast recently. I'm a little behind and they, they said something similar. So, um, this is, this is widely known among moms everywhere, but sharpening pencils by hand is, is not for the year it's 2020. Baloney. It's, it's baloney, but so are cheap, cheapo, um, electric yes. or battery operated pencil sharpeners are also baloney. So I have one that's by Exacto. It's called the Exacto School Pro Classroom Electric Pencil Sharpener. And it is, I'm looking at it right now, it's $26 on Amazon. And it will be the best $26 that you spend if you can get this one. It has the different size holes for weird shape, mm-hmm. you know, weird shaped mm-hmm. pencils. It plugs into the wall. This one I've had for probably two or three years. And I had another good one before that that I think was Staples brand. So it's not this particular brand, but just get yourself get yourself a good one and make pencil sharpening and like an enjoyable part of the routine, you know, every night, once a week, whatever you do, but you, your, the classroom is now in your home. You might as well embrace it. Yeah. I think I, I was probably two to three years into my kid's school career before I decided to, um, buy a real pencil sharpener that wasn't just a crappy, cheap, you know, manual one, or even, or even like you were saying, like the battery operated one. And I was like, I can't believe I waited this long. And now I think about it. I haven't seen it in a while. I think Will stole it. I think it's in his bedroom. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go steal it back. Or maybe I'll get another one. Yeah. We both have one. It is. It's time. It is time. Uh, well, that's what we have for today, friends. Uh, we would love to hear how your at home or in person back to school is going this fall. You can shoot us an email to hello at themomhour.com. 
I do feel like, Megan, that we're going to need an update from you in a month or yes. so. This is evolving. <laughs> so it's not just like nothing's happening and it's all a mess. No, it yeah. will be different for you. And you know what? I didn't mention this earlier, but it will likely be different for me, too. My yeah. my elementary school is talking about um, opening in person with a whole bunch of modifications and safety precautions. And so the next time we talk about this, I will likely have a completely different experience. I haven't even really let my brain go there because it feels so different. And I, it's been all I can do to master this first thing, but that's 2020 for you. When we, when we revisit this, you will have gotten the hang of online school and I may have things to say about returning in person. So lots more to discuss. Um, shoot us an email if you want to get in touch. Hello at the And we have another more than mom episode coming up this Sunday. So look for that out on Sunday in your feed and we will talk to you then. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.